Everybody, welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I'm your host, Jen. I bet you were expecting to hear David, who's here joining me today, along with Meg the Geek. Hello. Guys, we have a really exciting episode. Yeah, I'm excited. Super exciting. You know what we're going to talk about? I mean, I had to do notes for it, so I kind of have an inkling. Uh, I didn't do any homework to You didn't this do week. any homework? That's why I'm not hosting. Whatever. <sighs> David. Uh, so this week, we're celebrating the 25th anniversary of Clueless. How exciting. I feel really old. Um, yeah. Really old. <laughs> None of us look like Paul Rudd, unfortunately. No, no. We have not aged as well as Paul Rudd has aged. Um, nobody has aged. Except for J-Lo. But nobody has yeah. aged as well yeah. as Paul J-Lo, Rudd. J-Lo's just, just the outlier. No and, one's and, J-Lo And either. I'll still take Paul Rudd over J-Lo. Oh. Oh. I mean, David, you have to watch out. You're outnumbered today. You are I, outnumbered. I am. I just like someone with really great acting talent, and that's not J-Lo. Ooh, I love a good J-Lo movie. I think we need an episode just dedicated to J-Lo movies. And that's the you one. Know what? That's not the one I'm on. It's we'll have not. that be a girls episode. It definitely yeah. should be. Um, So we're missing someone, Ryan. Ryan's not with us today. Ryan doesn't believe in Clueless. But he is okay. <laughs> he doesn't believe in Clueless. Ryan's been making excuse after excuse all week about his Skype and internet, saying, I don't know if my internet's going to be working today. But I bet it'll be working next week, which actually, what's our topic next week? I have no idea. I don't know yet. Well, (laughs) you'll have to keep listening to find out. Um, So just to kick it off, talk about two really important news items. The first is Courtney Cox is returning as Gail Weathers in the Scream reboot. So this is the Spyglass Media reboot. Um, Her ex, David Arquette, will be back as Dewey Riley. Um, And who is this being directed by, David? I don't know who is directing this. Well, I I don't think I'm really familiar with his work before that, per se. But Matt Bettinelli Olpin and Tyler Gillett. They're part of a filmmaking group, Radio Silence. So they did uh, Ready or Not and VHS. Oh, I don't really. I think Ready or Not oh, I is. I love Ready or Not. So I'm on the opposite. I like it. I think Jenny and I walked into it with the hype already. So we were like, oh, okay. this should be really, really great. And it's really solid. I did like but it. But I didn't love it. You know what I, What like house movie like that I really liked? Um, Meg, have you seen Your Next? No, you know, I was thinking of the one with Britney. I was thinking of the one with Britney Snow. No, um, it's um, that would be Would You Ever or something. It's but no, sim- I haven't seen. Your it's next. similar to the style. It's a horror comedy, but it's a hard R okay. type of thing. So it's it's really really good. I actually really like it. It's uh, but I guess the reason that one stood out for me a little bit more is because it wasn't. I didn't expect it. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why. But Ready or Not's good. So guys, do we need another Scream movie? No. You know, <laughs> I know, like, before Wes died, he said he wanted to do it only if the script was as solid as the original. Yeah. 
I feel if Wes is not directing what it should not happen, and the fact that Wes has passed away, mm-hmm. I think we should just let let it die. Yeah, because I know I know what this is going to do. I think this is going to be similar to how Creed brought back the Rocky franchise, how uh, Force Awakens brought back Star Wars. I think this the goal of this movie was is to create a spin-off franchise with other characters outside of the the ones we know. That's kind of where I'm where I'm thinking this is going. Kind of like Ghostbusters is going to do next year. Well, being that Courtney they- and David are coming back, I feel like they're they have to be the main two, right? Like maybe she's off trying to figure out another one, another murder for Ghostface. Will this even be like at the beginning? Like I don't I haven't really heard too many plot details on this, right? Have you guys? No. They haven't really released anything. Honestly, I didn't even know it was going to be a reboot. I just thought it was going to be another sequel. No, it is a sequel. It is a sequel. Oh, I heard reboot, what I, though. Yeah, what I'm oh. thinking is that what's going to happen is I think they're going to have all these characters in, and there's going to bring in a new group of characters, and if it's successful, we're going to have a spinoff reboot kind of thing the way Creed was that you know everyone takes a backseat and they're not the leads anymore. That's kind of where I think it's going. Kind of like what they tried to do with 4. Yes, exactly, exactly. But then, I mean, I just hope they bring Hayden Panettiere back. That's all I'm saying, because we never know if she truly died. Who was the killer in four? Um, Emma Roberts. <laughs> right, yeah. you're right, you're right, you're right. I forgot about that. Her cousin. The twist. But we all know, no body, no death. That's true. That is true. I do. You, did you see the TV show, Meg? Uh, I watched the pilot, but that was it. Okay, I'm on the same boat. It's um, it's crazy how a mask makes a big difference to me. I mm-hmm. think the fact that it's not the ghost ghost face mask really doesn't feel yeah. like Scream. So that's kind of why I, st- I stopped at the pilot. It throws you off. Yes. I'm willing to give it another shot, though. Yeah, yeah. it'll be interesting to see what comes next. I mean, they rebooted Halloween obviously it's oh very duh different, how did i how did but, i bring up all these reboots and not think about halloween but you know and we're so excited about it so maybe mm-hmm. you know as long know. as there's only two more halloweens and then that's it yeah because i <laughs> until the next one until... you can't have halloween without jamie lee i think they did a, they did the best they could doing that with four five and six I, I I like that middle because I look at Halloween at, as and we'll talk about it in the next few months as like three, four different continuities mm-hmm. and four, five and six. The stuff with Daniel Harris, I do like. So, I mean, we'll get more into that in October, but go ahead, John. So the next news item are is the Emmy nominations. So they came out. They came out on Tuesday. I think there were a lot of surprises and definitely a lot more diversity. Um, I was really happy, first of all, to see Schitt's Creek get some recognition, yes. some love, final season. I um, One of my quarantine watches was Insecure, so I'm really happy that uh, the team over there got some recognition too, Issa Rae. Um, we actually, I just got Apple TV like two weeks ago to binge just the morning show, and I'm really happy to see everyone there get recognition, especially Jennifer Aniston, who was really, really good in this role. Um, and then last but not least... Watchmen, who led all of the shows with 26 nominations, including a well-deserved nom for Regina King. Yeah, it's the most the most nominations for a limited series ever. I believe it's the second most nominations of all time at the Emmys with 
Game of Thrones having 32, and then now um, uh, Watchmen having, you said 26 or 28? 26. Okay, so it's third most. NY, yeah. I think, I believe NYPD Blue Oh really? 28. Oh, wow, yeah. Year. I believe that. Yeah, that for was this a... this one right now, it's 26. Um, So also another record broke, Netflix beat HBO for the most network nominations with 160. HBO um, had the record last year. This year, it only garnered 107, um, followed by NBC with 47, ABC 36, FX 33, Prime Video 30, and Hulu 26. Where's CBS over here? CBS is 23. <laughs> uh, Disney Plus got 19. 15 Apple for TV me. got 18. Um, pretty cool. I mean, I feel like we've We've definitely have gone and we've seen this trend going with streaming networks really getting in there and, you know, toppling the cable giants per se. Um, so I think it's I think it's really interesting to see if Netflix keeps the record for next year. Um, who are you guys excited about for the nominations? So Watchmen with the 26, some acting noms I didn't think it was going to get. I love that they got. Gene Smart in and supporting actress. Jeremy Irons, an actor. Regina, going to be tough. I think she's going to win, but Kate Blanchett's right there. So who knows if they'll want to give her uh, the Emmy to get her closer to an EGOT. So we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, I, I've talked about how I feel about that show. I think it's the best superhero season show of all time. It's It's just so poignant with everything going on now um and when the fact that we're not getting another season and it ends so beautifully i think it's perfect the mandalorian getting 15 was the other one i'm so happy that they're they're, they're appreciating how great that show is and the future of the of the disney plus is very bright that the fact that they've been around for less than a year and they already have 19 nominations i think that says a lot they have more they have close to more than cbs and some of the networks so shows the future is bright for them and then some snubs that uh surprised me bob odenkirk not getting in for better call saul and i'm trying to think of what else not as i i wouldn't consider a snub for me because i haven't seen the show but apparently ozark there is a supporting player who was in um i believe the punisher i think he plays jigsaw in the punisher Oh, okay. And he um, was an Ozark, and apparently sweet. people thought he was going to win, and he was completely snubbed. And yeah, that's all. That's all I have. What about you, Meg? Um, I don't really have anything for snubs. I'm just really stoked that Shit's Creek and The Good Place finally got some recognition. Yeah. Especially because they both closed out their shows this year. However, I do have kind of an issue. Like, I mean, I'm happy that like a lot of Netflix shows and HBO shows got nominated. But some of these like smaller shows like, you know, like Schitt's Creek or anything on like CBS or NBC, anything like that, they kind of don't really hold as much of a candle to the um, like Netflix and HBO shows like take oh, what's that one show? Um, Miss Maisel, for example, they kind of sweep like sweep through. They kind of get all the wins. So I kind of feel like these other shows and actors don't exactly hold, uh, stand a chance. And that's th- kind of my concern. I think the Emmys love to give shows leaving awards. So I feel good for Shit's Creek winning comedy and um, actor. I think actors a given for him, for Eugene. 
I think a yeah. lot of it with Schitt's Creek too is that it didn't really pick up until I feel like the following got bigger when it got into like when Netflix picked it up to show all yeah. the past episodes. Like that's really because really it's on Canadian television. So to, unless it airs here and then Pop TV has it, so you're able to watch it, but not everybody has Pop TV either. So I think the big catalyst for them was Netflix picking them up and you getting to experience it and it's so good. Oh, so good. I haven't seen it. You gotta watch it. I've only oh seen a God. few episodes of Jen and that's why I feel uh, everyone loves Eugene Levy. Yeah. And the stuff I've seen of, of him on that show is very good. So I can see that them giving him the coronation of winning actor in comedy. I will say I will say this before you go on, Meg. I think the Emmys have way too many nominations per category. There I, are a lot. I think it takes away it feels more like participation awards when you get to like six, seven, eight nominations mm-hmm, per mm-hmm. group. Rather than that's why and plus I think me being more of a film guy than T V I'm so used to the standard five, 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 five for all the categories. And right. then when you get to the movies, you could get eight, nine or 10 or whatever. And that's fine. But like seeing it in acting categories, I'm just like, oh, man, that that's a bit much. The only person or the only category I really feel like deserves the win. Um, Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, she's great. And she's the one that I think is in most trouble for winning because of. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Regina. That? No, because no. that's not the Rachel same Brosnan. Category. Rachel Brosnan. Oh yeah, yeah. And Maisel, plus, you have I am a Chris- big Maisel fan, so I I do mm. really love the show. I love the character. Um, I think they have been like I I'm okay if they don't win this year because they have already won. Um, so they've gotten the recognition. Like I'm okay with them being nominated. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Meg, if... Meg, you disappointed me. I thought you were going to say about snubs, no Walking Dead, and you're going to. Oh, they never get nominated. I they know. get more Saturn awards than anything else. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm surprised they don't get any tech awards. Like I know they'll never get yeah. drama or anything like that, but like at least under the under the under okay. the the norm with tech awards. The only thing is, like you know how we we're saying that like um, Emmys tend to give shows that are leaving. Mm-hmm. more recognition there is kind of a downside to that because it could just be like oh well we feel bad for you you'll never get one for this role so here you go so that's kind of something you have to watch out for yeah that that's kind of like what i was saying if it if they love to give shows leaving love so we'll see what happens there for the emmy so they'll actually be going virtual this year it'll be really interesting to see how they do this um, so right after the nominations, a whole like statement came out. They're working on figuring out how they can film everyone in their house or whoever they want around them, their family members. Um, and then broadcasting it, I believe live on September 20th. So it, it'll definitely be it. Virtual ceremony will be interesting this year to see. Um, I think much like, what we just had with San Diego Comic-Con, it's definitely probably going to be pre-recorded, definitely with enough it room to, to edit, because I feel like you there's too many things that could go wrong. I work in television, yeah. so I know for a fact that it is impossible to pull this off live. Yeah. yeah it I... absolutely has to be pre-recorded. That's good, because you wouldn't want anyone, you know, the people that aren't going to win having cameras in their house just to see them lose. <laughs> Yeah, right, or think about like if they uh, have a poor connection. Yeah, that's true. You know, it, and the winner is 
blah 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 and they're like <laughs> and then they're just like frozen with their mouth open they're exactly. like we're still on dial-up it's still 1999 over here well we're about to go back into the 90s we are i'm so excited 25 years and i'm still totally bugging over pretty much everything about this movie so guys it's time we're gonna talk about clueless now i'm ready are you ready david is your preteen girl likeness ready <laughs> yes i'm ready <laughs> uh i'm so excited i was eight when this movie came out and i think it was definitely one of the first films to make a really sound impression on me not just the fashion in the movie but the vocabulary and i and i know i'm not the only one um i think i probably went around the house saying whatever or as if a thousand times a day i think clueless is one of the best films of 1995 I would say maybe David disagrees. Um, I think it also remains to be the smartest Hollywood ad- adaptation of British literature because mm-hmm. it is based off of Jane Austen's Emma. Just really, really smart. Uh, Clueless was released on July 19th, 1995. It's a definitive hit. Um, I wouldn't say that. I would say that. I think, I think it, oh, I, absolutely. I, I mean, it didn't make a lot of money. So it's it's more of a it's gathered its following after its release. You That's, think so? I mean, Some of the best films are like that, though. Yeah, I mean it's it's in terms of financial status, it's not really a well. It's not an Avengers not a, end game. No, no. Just as a <laughs> just as of nineteen ninety five release, it's I don't consider it a hit. That I mean, it's made it it made a lot of its money, and you're going to get into it in terms of the everything after the merchandising. That's where I think it's made its money and. VHS releases and you know it stayed true as a as a more than a cult film it's it was a phenomenon after the release Um, that's why I'm surprised when I saw the box office it was so low yeah so speaking of the money it grossed more than 56 million worldwide and I believe the budget was 19 million Clueless opened, so the film became a surprise sleeper hit of 1995 Clueless opened in 1600 theaters grossed 10 million on its opening weekend and then it ended up grossing 56 million becoming the 32nd highest grossing film of 1995 and to answer your question about 1995 clueless i just took a quick look clueless would be my number three of 1995 that would be your number three number one is heat and number two is before sunrise so meg tell us why clueless is your favorite movie of all time Okay, so I wouldn't say all time, but (laughs) definitely in the top, like, 20. So, I mean, I was seven when this came out. um, And kind of like what Jen was saying with, you know, walking around the house saying whatever, as if. I probably pissed my mom off more times than I can count by saying whatever. Um, But it's just, you know, it was different. It It was a movie I'd never really seen as a kid before. Like, all the movies I'd seen were always probably, like, Disney or some sort of animation movie. So this was this was a whole new like opening the doors of a whole new genre for me. And I will say, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Meg. Is this the first movie that pretty much put the word "whatever" on the stratosphere? Because I feel like that's the I still yes, say "whatever" so. today. I still say it to this day, but I don't use the hand signals anymore. I hope not. I hope not. I mean, I kind of want to bring it back now. People would people would take it the wrong way if you give them the hand the hand to okay, the face. Yeah, day. that's true. <laughs> I will say I remember because the first time I saw the movie, I I obviously it's not a movie meant for me. Um, I have 
older cousins and I stayed over their house a lot during the summer and they introduced it to me on VHS and that's the first time I saw it. And I was like, oh, this is actually pretty funny. And, and it was after I saw Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. So I had already seen Paul Rudd and I was like, oh, it's that guy from Halloween. <laughs> and then it just took off from there. I mean, I started saying whatever then and then, and, and, you know, I've been saying it ever since. I will say the as if to not last as long as I thought it would. I still say as if. Do you really? I do. Like, can, can you, like in one context, I'd love to know this. Like, I mean, I don't really have any examples that come to mind. Like when, but you're, I at, mean, like, like when you're a monster, if someone's like cutting you in line, you're like, as if, get away from me. No, no. I would say like if somebody, if I'm having a conversation with someone and like if they say, I don't say it as often, but like if they say something that I don't agree with, I'm like, as if. Well, you shut me up. I didn't think anyone else just still says that word in 2020. I know the movie had like a lot of a lot of memorable quotes, so I don't have any because I'm gonna let <laughs> you and Jenny take over all the quotes here. So I'll give it. I'll hand the reins back off to Jen so she can go through her quotes. So there were a lot of quotes. <laughs> yeah, I really wanted to just like put the whole script in. So I'll give you my top five. So my first one, which I think is pretty awesome and I feel like is very quintessential dad like Cher's dad tells her date anything happens to my daughter I got a 45 and a shovel and I doubt anybody would miss you I love that line so smart and he just says it so like with such like deadpan like my second one which I think is very uh feminist Dion goes to Murray Murray I have asked you repeatedly not to call me woman my number three is Searching for a boy in high school is as useless as searching for meaning in a Pauly Shore movie. Mm. There is no meaning in a Pauly Shore movie, though I do have a few favorites. My number four is, no, she's a full-on Monet. It's like a painting, see? From far away, it's okay. But up close, it's a big old mess. And my number five is, uh, courtesy of Amber, during gym class, Miss yes! Doger, my plastic surgeon doesn't want me doing any activity where balls fly at my nose. And Dion goes, well, there goes your social life. <laughs> Meg, what are your top five? Um, I actually have the balls to your face quote on mine, too. Um, I have share. Uh, I'm only going to put the end part of it. And in conclusion, may I remind you, it does not say RSVP on the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> uh, this one is probably I didn't put these in any order. So I just they're kind of all the, the, I love them all kind of um, where does this uh share he does dress better than i do what would i bring to the relationship and then travis tardiness is not something you could do on your own many many people <laughs> contributed to my tardiness <laughs> i would like to thank my parents for never giving me a ride to school the la city bus driver who took a chance on an unknown kid and last but not least the wonderful crew from mcdonald's who spends hours making those egg mcmuffins without which i might never be tardy such a great speech um and my last one uh rolling with the homies rolling with the homies. great quote shit song you need to just do the hand motion with it like you can't say it without the hand motion coolio was big in 95 mm-hmm. what? well he was starting out wait he sang that song yeah it's oh, coolio i don't even know i just had heard that song i really like it yeah so i think that was around the his like rise because i feel like dangerous minds what came out in 97 so it wasn't too long after that, or was it ninety six? Yeah, ninety six. Yeah, so it was wasn't too too far fetched. So yeah, this movie just has 
I don't know. I found the writing to be so smart and really every line was just classic. Like we were rewatching it yesterday and I just kept quoting it and I know it was driving David <laughs> nuts because he's like, really? And it, and it's it just shows like how much I've seen the movie. The fact that like there are very few movies that I can quote word for word um, yes. like that. And so and I just think. I don't know. And it's very different, right? Like you understand things now as an adult watching it much differently than I did when I was eight. I mean, there was a lot of these things that definitely like went over my head. Like Mm -hmm. when she tells Mr. Hall, I'm surfing the crimson wave. I had to haul ass to the ladies. Like I didn't get that at eight. I didn't have my period yet. So like, I didn't know. (laughs) But then same with that. Yeah. Like it's just like different different little things like and like for the longest time I thought the game suck it suck and blow was second blow and I was like (laughs) wait what and I'm like oh this makes sense they're sucking and blowing right now so okay and uh I had a lot of the merchandise for this movie so I don't know about you Meg but I had a few paperback books I had a dear diary like uh electronic organizer that Tiger Electronics. Yeah, that Tiger Electronics came out. Tiger Electronics, I had a lot of their stuff. Same. Um, between like the watches and like the the black and white like video games that I had like a Beauty and the Beast version of. Yes. Um but Clueless, I had the Tiger Organizer, I had the C D ROM game, um, and then I had the hands free phone that has like this little earpiece and two dedicated That's dedic- what I had. Yeah, two dedicated buttons, whatever, as if. And I still have the phone somewhere. <gasps> um, it still works, but I don't have a landline to use it. So <laughs> come over. I've never used my landline before. We could test it out. <laughs> yeah, I'll just have to like keep pressing the buttons. Um, but I always thought that was really cool. Did you have any merch? I had the uh, the hands free headset. Mm-hmm. And what I loved about it is that it had the the iconic sound effects, so like as if, whatever, I'm Audi. Um, but I thought it was really cool. I never got to try this as a kid because we only had one line. Um, you could there's like an eavesdrop setting where yes. somebody was listening in, it would kind of like notify you. And I never got to try that out, and I'm really bummed. You're right. I totally forgot about that. And I actually I didn't have anyone. I only had the one line too, so I guess I could never really do it. They ripped us off with that um i'm trying to think that's the only merchandise i really remember from the movie um i had a couple of the books but that was from the television series but it's still same franchise so that was actually my next topic was the tv series did you watch it did you love it as a kid religiously um i mean as a kid as like i mean i was eight when that came out because it came out a year after the movie as a kid i loved it but now thinking back to it it was just it was lackluster. It just felt like a second-rate attempt to cash in on the franchise. And, like, I liked Rachel Blanchard, but nobody could compare to Alicia. And some of the replacements, like, for Josh and Mel, they were just cheap. Like, Yeah, it just didn't ugh. work. Yeah. I watch, so I watched the coolest TV show, too. I mean, I can't, like, I don't think it would be a show that I would definitely watch now as fondly as i do some of my other shows like family matters or like step by step like i don't think i would have that same affinity for it to watch it now i don't think i could really stand it much in the same um but i did watch the tv show because i love the movie i was a little disappointed that alicia didn't come back for the show but i totally get it i mean she skyrocketed after this yeah um so 
you know, she wasn't going to do TV. I was happy enough that they they did have a big returning cast with like Stacey Dash, Donald Faison, Elisa Donovan. Um, they came back. I did. I totally agree. The replacements for the dad and for Josh were not the same. But again, Paul Rudd kind of took off a little bit after this too, where he really just wanted to focus on a film career. So he wasn't going to come back for the show either. Um, but little known fact the movie was actually supposed to be a TV show for Fox, but they passed and then it ended up getting picked up by Paramount as a film. And then this TV series came out. Hmm. So this one actually started in 1996 on ABC. ABC uh, canceled it. And then it went over to UPN. I don't think UPN exists anymore, right? I don't know. Not that I'm aware of. And they went over like my nine or something. Yeah. Yep. And they went over there now for two seasons. Um, so after the show was actually canceled by ABC, you got a lot of reruns during our favorite Friday night, TGIF. TGIF. And that actually became the ratings winner for them. But by then, it was too late for ABC to get the series back. And they tried to prevent UPN from broadcasting it until their contract ran out in late September. Clueless ended up finishing number 46 in the ratings with 13.3 million viewers. Only Sabrina the Teenage Witch had higher ratings for Friday. And actually Sabrina, Melissa Joan Hart herself, was originally considered for the part of Cher on the TV series. Yes, I remember hearing that. UPN canceled it after the third season because of sharply declining viewership. And then by then, the show had only retained 30% of its original 96 viewing audience. But I think for me, while the TV show doesn't, you know, it's not something that I would immediately gravitate to. Like when I think of Clueless, I think the movie, and then I think the music. Mm, nice little switchover <laughs> with that. I like that. So the music just did such a terrific job. It's one of my favorite movie soundtracks. There's music in the movie that isn't featured necessarily on the soundtrack, mm -hmm. um, but they're all classics. The music supervisor who did it, Karen Rockman, did a terrific job. She's actually known for all of her other movie soundtracks like Pulp Fiction, Moulin Rouge, Reality Bites. She actually has produced albums that have sold over 75 million copies worldwide. Wow. So I will say that my top three favorite songs off of this soundtrack are Kids in America, Shake Some Action, when she starts gearing up for the Pismo Beach disaster relief, and Supermodel. Which is a I great song. About Supermodel. Great song during the makeover scene. Um, they definitely cut it a little short in the part that I would say does not age the best, but we'll get to that part soon enough. Did you have a favorite song? The only one that really came to mind, like when I thought of this movie, because I didn't want to go with ones that like I heard in the movie. I just, I kind of just thought of the movie, and the first song that came to mind is the one I went with, um, and it went with Kids in America, which we all know that by the Muffs, which it was a cover. And I didn't know this at the time, but it was actually their most successful cover. And unfortunately, they couldn't really get any royalties for it. And to the point that apart from recording it for the soundtrack, they've never fully played the song ever again. Only snippets. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Like they would, you know, at their live shows, maybe they'd play a piece of it. But I think they're just afraid to play the whole song. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it was very, it was a very excellent choice because obviously these are teenagers that um you know are living in america and a certain quote that kind of resonates more with it looking at a dirty old window down below the cars in the city go rushing by i sit here alone and i wonder why Cher's so used to living the life she's accustomed to but you know you see her kind of daydreams trail off so 
you know, looking out in this, uh, sitting here alone and I wonder why. And she starts growing as a person, like with helping Ty, playing matchmaker. So she kind of like evolves, if, if that makes sense at all. No, it does. And I mean, she, I think her transition from the beginning of the movie to like the end of the movie, I, I really enjoyed going on that, that journey with her. Like, you know, she mm-hmm. just sort of, especially like one of the things I'll point out a little bit later, um, you know, in the beginning of the movie, she's sort of very, it's all about her, her friends. And then when she gets towards the end of the movie, she's very more self-aware about like her actions. Like I would say something would be like how mean she is to Travis in the beginning. Like I feel bad because he's like, oh, Travis. and then it's like, I love him. And he, she's just so mean. And then she realizes when Ty starts to be kind of mean to him that she's like, wait a second, like, is this how I was acting? And then, you know, she does that whole 180. So I think it's time to find out what awards the movie won. Dun, da, da, da. It didn't win any. <laughs> uh, be kind. There are a few awards. It w- I would say there's more acting awards than movie awards, actually. Some of the different awards that, let's say, Alicia Silverstone won. She won the American Comedy Awards for Funniest Actress in a Motion Picture in 1996. She also won the Blockbuster Entertainment Award. For favorite female newcomer, she won best female performance and most desirable female at the MTV Movie Award. Interesting. I most desirable female. I don't even remember that category. I feel like they got rid of that category because it's like insanely sexist. Yeah, it definitely is. But I feel like I read of the MTV Movie Awards. Is that even still a thing anymore? You know what is still a thing? The VMAs, which doesn't make any sense. Why? I can have a whole rant on that, so I'm going to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, I'm with, I think you and I can both share in a rant of how terrible NTV is. Mm-hmm. Amy Heckerling was a nominee for a Writers Guild of America Award for Best Screenplay, written directly for it? the screen. She didn't, only nominated. <sighs> she also got a nomination for Best Screenplay at the New York Film Critics Circle Award that year. Stacey Dash, Alicia Silverstone, and Brittany Murphy, and the movie were all nominated for a Young Artist Award, but did not win that year. I could see all of them getting nominated for that. Yeah, that's the trophy room. It's time to get into a few facts. Meg, do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking of fun facts. I was trying to, you know, I was going on the typical websites for it. But I actually found one on Google Images, which I thought was very a very unique place to find one. Brittany Murphy was being interviewed once about the movie. And while Ty said, you're a virgin who can't drive, in real life at the time, Brittany was a virgin who couldn't drive. So she felt oh, like it was funny. a little ironic that she had to be the one to say it. I thought this one was really cool. The uh, the mugging scene where Cher goes, this is an Aaliyah or Aaliyah. I can't pronounce that. Um, it was actually based on a true story. Amy Heckerling heard a story at a dinner party where a man's wife made him start wearing designer suits. Uh, a man was being robbed once, th- that same man, and he stood up and the mugger said to get down on the ground. And the man replied, but this is an Armani. <laughs> While the man didn't like Armani suits, he was more afraid of his wife getting mad at him uh, for having a dirty suit than a man with a gun. <laughs> I do like that scene a lot, though. It's pretty funny. It was so it was iconic because it's just like... You know, shows like she should be scared about her life. Meanwhile, she's afraid of dirtying up her and if pretty that, dress. And if that robber knew what was good for him, he would have just taken her jacket. And he would have probably got more money than he did from a cell phone that he bought, got from her. Oh, absolutely. A thousand percent. Um, the only other fact I really wrote down, which I thought was really cool. Uh, some of Cher's wardrobe actually came from thrift stores. 
Uh, Mona May, the costume designer, said Cher had 63 outfit changes and they only had a $200,000 budget for the entire movie for everyone. Oh, wow. So she went to high-end shops, thrift stores, and even created some of the pieces herself because there wasn't, like, some of the outfits they wanted Cher to wear. Not Nobody had ever created any, anything like that before. So she had to just come up with that on the fly. That's awesome. And that was it for me. I have a few a few more facts. So like I said before, Clueless was already pitched as uh, was originally pitched as a Fox TV series called No Worries. Fox passed, Paramount picked it up, and actually Amy Heckerling in an interview had kind of talked about um, the whole pitching process to Fox originally. They wanted her to do something about teenagers, and if you know Amy, Amy Heckerling's work, she did Fast Times at Ridgemont High. So by this point, she was so tired about doing stuff about teenagers, but they really, really wanted her to do it, but they wanted her to do it with a twist about the in crowd. So she's like, well, I'll do it if I can make it fun, if I can get a chance to make fun of them. And then she started to sort of framework it um, up against Emma. And then when she showed it to someone, to one of her agents, she they said, this is way too good. Um, this is too good for TV. You should make this into a feature. So from there, after shopping it around a while, Paramount picked it up. And originally for the Fox show, they wanted her to take out a lot of the stuff with Josh because they didn't want Cher, let's say, having sex with her stepbrother. And when the film was picked up by Paramount, Scott Rudin, the producer, um, told her, put it all back into the script. And I mean, what if we didn't have Josh? That's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar was originally offered the role of Cher Horowitz, but she had to pass because she was um, she had scheduling conflicts with All My Children, and Reese Witherspoon was actually also considered for the role of Cher. But I couldn't, I would not be able to picture Reese. No, she's L. Yeah, and uh, Lauren Hill and Terrence Howard originally auditioned for the roles of Dion and Murray. Woof. Yeah. No. I can't see that happening either. <sighs> no way. Um, so actually, so uh, do you guys know how Alicia actually got the role of Cher? Yeah. Um, from the Aerosmith video. Yep. So she was featured in the Aerosmith, uh, crying video and Amy Heckerling told the studio, I want that girl. And she didn't even have to audition for it. She didn't. She did not have to. Paul Rudd also didn't get the movie at first. He thought it was just another dumb teen comedy. But he decided to still audition for every male role in the film, including Murray. And this was <laughs> this is before he realized that the character was meant to be black. I did remember hearing that. Such a Paul Rudd thing. According to the casting director, Christian, played by Justin Walker, was the hardest part to cast because actors didn't want to read for a gay character. So taboo at the time. Yeah. But I feel like now it wouldn't anyone would read. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you guys know who the oldest cast member was? Yeah, it was uh, Stacey Dash, wasn't it? Yep. She was 27 at the time with a six-year-old son. Isn't that crazy? Alicia Silverstone took inspiration from Marilyn Monroe and Lucille Ball to play Cher, but she didn't think that totally translated on screen. Nope, it didn't. I don't think it really did either. Not in the same way. I I think the comedy maybe a little bit, but there wasn't so much physical comedy Mm -hmm. in the same way. And the Marilyn Monroe, I can only really see just her being... The popular girl shares mispronunciation of Haitians in the debate scene wasn't scripted. Silverstone really didn't know how to say the word and Heckerling decided to leave the mistake in the movie. I think it worked out better, actually. A thousand percent. 
So something that I talked about early on was just the vocabulary of the movie. And I think how much it impacted and how, you know, not long after the movie, big fans were just like talking the same way. So many of the terms in the movie, including Betty and Baldwin, were invented by Hackerling. The studio also released a booklet of terminology called How to Speak Cluelessly to help promote the film. I actually don't have that book, but I wouldn't mind going on an eBay search now to find it. I'm actually, I might be on eBay right now. (laughs) Uh, The high school in the film was named after Bronson Alcott, an early proponent of feminism and vegan diets and father of little women author Louisa May Alcott. Hmm. Interesting. So you know how you mentioned all the costumes before for Mona May. This is actually her first film. She went to do, she went on to do the costumes for Romy and Michelle's high school reunion, The Wedding Singer, and Never Been Kissed. And when I read this fact, I was like, I can totally see it. There's definitely a lot. I mean, especially for Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. I was reunion, just going to say that. There's definitely a lot of share clueless like mm-hmm. style here. And then the whole thrift store. I'm sure she did a very similar thing here to keep the budget low. Um, and David actually just saw that movie not too long ago. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty good. I liked it more than I, I thought I would. I could go on and on. <laughs> Paul Rudd wears a KU baseball cap in a few scenes, a nod to his alma mater, the University of Kansas. Hmm. Last fact that I have is an unexpected result of the film was that some viewers were so inspired to seek alcohol and drug treatment because Travis entered a 12-step program in the movie. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. It's pretty cool. There was one little clue I just actually just totally forgot about. Um, I love when directors make cameos in their movies. Uh, Amy Heckerling make a, uh, made a cameo as Miss Geist's maid of honor at the wedding. And they're actually best friends in real life, right? Yeah, from what I read, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you know who one of the first directors to make a cameo, make cameos in all his movies was? I want to say Orson Welles or Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock, very good. Ah. So now it's time, guys. We get to talk about what aged the best and the worst. Oh, I'm ready. David, do you want to tell us first? All righty here. So age best, I put uh, jeans below the boxers because (laughs) people still do that. I never thought of that before. Josh's vast knowledge of the Sun Valley. When Cher calls him to uh, pick him up, he doesn't ask where the hell she is. She just said Sun Valley and he knew exactly where to get her. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. Female power suits, that's age well because that's a big thing now. And then Paul Rudd has aged beautifully, just just beautifully. And then Mentos to Freshmaker jingle. <laughs> and yeah, that's all I have for age best. Meg, I actually had Paul Rudd on my list too. <laughs> See, this is why we're twins. Um, <laughs> and I actually put Cher's iconic yellow plaid ensemble. Yeah, that's. Because like Iggy Azalea uh, rewore it or a version of it in her fancy music music video, and even when Alicia was on Lip Sync Battle, she wore it too. So I mean, it's kind of proof that it the outfit stands the test of time. And one of the things I think about when I think of Clueless is that outfit. That is um, true. I agree. I think. Um, I mean, it even made and you have it, and I, I it just came in yesterday for me. The Steelbook is her yellow suit. I was gonna say that too. Yeah. Um, that's all I have for what age best for me. Jen? So for me, just all the smart jokes. Um, I think the whole script is consistently funny. Um, Mel, Dan Hedaya is hilarious <laughs> as a father and he's always yelling. Um, Cher's cell phone purse, which I think is a big like precursor to like what we have now, like 
those little mini purses that you can carry around with a chain. Um, all the memorable quotes. Um, I think all the high school clicks that they go through when she's explaining it to Ty um, has aged the best because I feel like you still have very similar clicks in every high school now. The whole makeover scene, I think, though it could be seen as a little, it's just a fun scene. It's a fun scene. They get to make her over. Girls love to dress up. The whole movie. Just put the whole movie for me. All righty. So H worse for me, I have uh, Windows 95. Oh. That's, I, I hated Windows 95. Um, Dion's outfits. I hated all her outf- outfits. They all were terrible. Including her hats. Yeah, really bad. Speaking her hats of my the, favorite part. Stacy Dash's political views. That's not age well. Oof. Beepers. 1995 cell phones. The grunge look aged terribly. Uh, Buns of Steel videos. That's not age well. <laughs> Paper maps. Uh, Elton's attempted rape. <laughs> yeah. pay, pay phones. Uh, being love struck after zero dates, like Ty was for uh, Elton. And record stores. R.I.P. R.I.P. And that's all I have. What about you, Meg? Um, I put the quote, you're a virgin who can't drive. Because that is just, that's probably the one thing I hated the most about this movie. Because, I mean, what's the matter about, you know, if somebody's a virgin who can't drive? Yeah. That's just attacking their character. Um, the kiss between Cher and Josh. That was just, that, that I, think, I think that was the most, while I hated the other quote the most, that part, or that scene was kind of a little too risque for me. All right, Jen, go ahead. So the first one for me was when she goes, I feel like such a retard quote. That definitely mm. did not age well at all. Elton sexually harassing her in the car. He just doesn't get the answer no. And then he just leaves her there. Paul Rudd, when he's first introduced in the movie, and he's sort of, he's in the fridge, and then he turns around, and she's there. And then he kind of, like, goes to grab her stomach, and he's like, oh, you're really filling out there. Not great. Um, supermodel song. You don't hear the whole song, but when you really listen to it on the soundtrack, the whole part where she breaks into like she's not going to eat today she's not going to eat tomorrow um that doesn't age well for me it was just a pet peeve paul rudd was always eating and leaving food out like he was just leaving it out (laughs) everywhere you know he goes to make a turkey sandwich he just leaves it he goes and he grabs the orange juice he just leaves it on the dining room table like he just it no what else oh uh when murray when they're driving and then they're talking about christian and she's saying like why won't he um, you know, why doesn't he like me or whatever? And then he goes, are you bitches blind or something? Your man Christian is a cake boy. And uh, he's a disco dancing Oscar Wilde reading Streisand ticket holding friend of Dorothy. Know what I'm saying? So that that didn't age so well for me. Mm. Um, going to Tower Records. So the same thing with the record store. And the whole um, thing, how Cher is just like, oh, well, I don't, you know, when she's looking for her her collarless Fred Siegel shirt and she asked Lucy and she's like, why don't you talk to Jose about it? And she's like, um, Lucy, you know, I don't speak Mexican. And she's like, I am not a Mexican. And then, you know, Josh candidly points out to her that she's from El Salvador and that Cher would feel the same way if people thought she lived below sunset. That's what I got for each worse. So Ryan texted me and he wanted everyone to know that he did his homework despite not being on the podcast. So, he has an age best and age worst too. So his age best was Paul Rudd. I think everyone agrees. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he enjoyed the debates and presentations. 
uh, using popularity for good, Travis, and I think he'd be the only one that says Travis here, I think, and then Brittany Murphy, age worse, use of the term woman, uh, shares hate <laughs> against accents, dumb blonde role, stepbrother, stepsister romance. Okay. I actually don't mind the romance in a way because they really didn't, they didn't like grow up together. Like they weren't like little kids and then growing up. I feel like because it was like a short marriage and he was briefly there, I kind of give it a pass. It's not like Game of Thrones. Yeah, that would just be wrong. Yeah, that's different. So I kind of give it a pass. And probably because it's also Paul Rudd. Next up is our That Guy Award. Mm -hmm. Meg, you want to kick that off? I have three. Uh, oh, you Elisa have Don- three. Oh, okay. I, yeah. Um, I have Elisa Donovan, who is Amber. I now know her from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Wait, what? The show? The yeah. show. She like played the new um, show or like no, the, the, no, 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 the, the old show, the Melissa Joan Hart version. Oh my god, I don't remember when, her on that. I don't. It was like when she was around like the college years. She was roomed with her and Soleil Mufry. Oh wow. Um, I have Jeremy Sisto. Who was in Wrong Turn, Suburgatory, and the show, one of my favorite shows, FBI. Okay. And the most iconic one, Wallace Shawn, voices my favorite Disney character of all time, Rex. Nice. I, I'm surprised. So we don't, have, we don't share any of the ones I thought we would. Because <gasps> I actually, I only have one, but I actually went with Stacey Dash. Because... Anything I saw her after, which is not much, I'm like, oh, it's Dion from <laughs> Clueless. I actually saw her, um, and I, I forgot about this until recently. I was watching uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air episodes on HBO Max, and she's on it. And I was like, oh, shit, it's Dion. So she I've always- has a career? Yeah. Well, yeah, very <laughs> – yeah, let's let's not get let's not get go there. But uh, yeah, she if you want to call it what she has a career. Yes, I will. I will call that a career. <laughs> Um, so I'll, I'll kick off the next one. Do you have one, Jen? So my, that guy goes to CC dash also, because for me, like she's Dion and like nothing else. And then the only other time I really saw her in anything else really after that was Kanye West video for all falls down. And then that was like about it. And then obviously her current resurgence on Fox news. Yeah. Resurgence. That's it. Well, don't forget Sharknado. (laughs) She was in Sharknado. She was in Sharknado. Actually, I'm looking it up. I forget which one. Um, Sharknado. Where is it? Does the shark eat her? That's what I want to know. Oh, a thousand percent. That's wonderful. wonderful. I want to say it was Sharknado 4, I think. So many. So many. Yeah, it was definitely. She played Um, she played the mayor. Okay. And, you know, she was kind of just saying everybody was running around, running away from the sharks. And she's like, no, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. And then. Good to know. Um, next up, the sixth man of the film, best supporting player. I went with, so my heart says Paul Rudd, but he just doesn't really do enough in the movie to give it to him. Uh, so I went with Brittany Murphy. What about you, Meg? Dion for supporting player. Okay. She's just the ride or die sidekick. And I almost gave it to Lawrence, who was Murray's ride or die, to the fact that like he actually shaved his head. <laughs> But I gotta go. I gotta go with Dion. Jen. So my supporting player is Brittany Murphy because I Aww. think she plays. Like I actually thought about Dion for this too, but then I was like, Brittany Murphy serves as like a major um, point for Cher to really like 
grow as a whole because it really all starts when she wants to take her on as a project and and do the makeover and she sort of like improves from there so and then Brittany Murphy I feel like she did get to have a few more movies that she did after after this and she just was good for what everything that she was given in the movie and I will always think of Brittany Murphy like I always think of Clueless and always think about Brittany Murphy Mm -hmm. agreed agreed Next up, Becky O'Shea Icebox Award. Who won the movie? Who was the MVP of the movie? Jen? Alicia think, Silverstone. Yeah, I think we all better have the same ones here. I, feel I like have Alicia and Brecken. And Brecken. Okay. So for me, for Alicia, I mean, I feel like without without her and her delivery and just her overall appeal and just everything there like it's just you know after this movie I always try to watch any of her other movies so yes that did include Batman and Robin Mm -hmm. Um, and then I also have a favorite movie of hers with Benicio Del Toro which is Excess Baggage which I think came out in 97 so it wasn't too long after this Um, and then after that you know she really took a break because she didn't have too too much Um, but for this like this she will always be my share agreed and then for Brecken why did you put I mean, I, I'll admit, I haven't really seen enough of Brecken's stuff after Clueless, but he just he just played the skater guy role, like, flawlessly. Like, I yeah. I think of a skater guy, I think of Travis. Yeah. Fun fact, Brecken was actually um, in the Garfield movie. Yes, I do know that. I just never saw it. <laughs> Neither <laughs> did I. And I'm sorry. I was going to say, I was, I was going to apologize if you did see it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, 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 I knew by that first trailer that's not what I wanted to see. Um, <laughs> so I went with Alicia, too. She's electric in this. Everything about her in this is uh, fantastic. Her time, her comedic timing is great, and she's serious when she needs to be. Everything about her is fantastic in this movie. Last, last award, Peaks and Valley. I'll kick it off. I was going to go with my peak. I was going to go with Alicia Silverstone. Mm, but then no. I remembered that she did Batman and Robin, and that holds a special place in my heart. as <laughs> just a wonderful piece of cinema. So, no. I went with Stacey Dash because she didn't do shit after this. And outside of having a really shitty opinion. So, I went with Stacey Dash. What about you, Meg? Um, for Peak... State, I mean, Stacey Dash, I think we can all agree on that. Um, Justin Walker, who was Christian. And Sean Holland, who played Lawrence. Oh, yeah. I, 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 was he on the show, I think, or something like that? I don't think. I think maybe he was on the show. Um, now, I'm, I can't. Yeah, I think he came back for the show, but he was. Um, he played a character named Sean. Yeah, he did. But they changed his last name on the show. I remember. Oh, okay. I remember it being different. I don't know why, but, I, you know, I guess they wanted something different. Um, my peak is Justin Walker, Christian, because I never saw him again. <laughs> oh, never. And anything else. And I actually think he only did a few more projects. And then what did you say, Dave? He became a fantasy football. No, he runs a gambling, oh, gambling. Uh, like a not like DraftKings kind of thing, but like just a sports gambling outlet. So I'm sure he's mm-hmm. making a lot of money with that since it's all legal now. And Valley, for me, I went with, uh, I mean, it's Paul Rudd. <laughs> I mean, duh. There's, there's, there's no one else but Paul Rudd here. Oh my god! You know, I didn't even have him on my on my list. Wow! <laughs> I'm like, oh wow! Really? Yeah. Who the hell else would it be? Well, I didn't even like. I totally bypassed it. Yeah, Paul Rudd. Then who did you have before? Well, I had sort of like a 
a scurry of thing because they had all different things, right? Like Donald Faison went on to do scrubs and I watched, I really liked the mm-hmm. show and I watched him there, you know, and I love seeing that Brecken Meyer. He's done stuff. He's done a lot of TV too, that I've watched, especially like teaming up with Mark Paul Gossler for uh, Franklin and ba- Bosch bash franklin and bash and so i really liked him there jeremy sisto like i loved him on suburgatory and six feet under um britney murphy obviously like had her movie career but yeah paul rudd paul rudd was the only one that i didn't put on here um but yeah paul rudd is my valley yeah he's (laughs) doing big things now and looking beautiful while doing it yeah and that's all the awards i have yeah that's all i got I didn't Anything. say my valley. Oh, you didn't. Go ahead. I thought we, I wow. thought it was Paul. I thought it was just Paul Rudd, Megan. We just all agreed it was Paul Rudd. Wow. I quit. No I'm kidding. Um, I mean, I did have Paul Rudd option. <laughs> <laughs> um, Donald Faison, Jeremy Sisto, and Alicia Silverstone. So I don't know. I really don't think Alicia did that much after. It wasn't this. so much like it was iconic roles after that because I mean. Uh, clueless is her most iconic role but she had a steady career afterwards and that's why i listed her because okay, she's still right. relative to this day yeah her most recent is uh the babysitter's club on netflix that have just you, came out have you guys seen that i haven't seen it yet i haven't watched it yet but either. that's how you know you feel old because she's the mom yeah and same yeah. with um valley girl that's crazy time flies when you're having fun 25 years later this movie's still one of the most popular films of all time. I think it's really held true as a standard for many, many, many people. And I think you can look back at it 25 years from now, and I think it'll still have the same impact because I think it's one of those movies that'll be handed down from generation to generation. At least that's my, what I think. At least that's my plan because you know I'm showing this to our kids. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that pretty much wraps it up. We'll be back next week with some topic that I'm thinking of right now that I think will (laughs) make you guys very, very happy until then. See you at the movies, kids.